The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory Glory to the Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony, to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace, because while the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, I don't know that uh, this is the... um, the gospel passage that, that you expected on, a, on Christmas morning. Uh, but I think it's, uh, it's certainly uh, the gospel passage that, uh, that we need. You know, it's a gospel passage that, that speaks of, of light in darkness. And, uh, and many of us certainly uh, experience the, the challenges uh, of, of encroaching darkness these days. Um, it's uh, Christmas is uh, in this sense, you know, not, not the sanitary scene perhaps that, that we propose it uh, to be, at least that um, no, no real offense this morning, but that the Hallmark Channel proposes it to be. No one's watching that, right? Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, you know, the, the parody, as it were, of, of, uh, of, of Christmas scene, you know, not just on the channel, but in the cards and, and the rest, and, uh, you know, giving us some sense that that Christianity is, is not about the real world and real people and real challenges and struggles, real darkness and, and real light. So, um, yeah, my own, my own uh, inability to, to grasp uh, the light in its, in its full splendor today leads me to, uh, to one of my uh, friends and scholars, uh, N.T. Wright, as he, uh, propo- um, um, as he offers uh, to us a reflection on, uh, on John, the words that, that we've just heard in the, in the scriptures. I've been trying to get this turn of phrase in however many masses I've said the past two days, 
and I can't get it, so I'm just going to let him do it for me, and we'll go from there. He says, for many, Christianity is just a beautiful dream. It's a world in which everyday reality goes a bit blurred. It's nostalgic, cozy, and comforting. But real Christianity isn't like that at all. Take Christmas, for instance, a season of nostalgia, of carols and candles and firelight and happy children. But that misses the point completely. Christmas is not a reminder that the world is really quite a nice old place. It reminds us that the world is a shockingly bad old place, where wickedness flourishes unchecked, where children are murdered, where civilized countries make a lot of money by selling weapons to uncivilized ones so that they can blow each other apart. Christmas is God lighting a candle, and you don't light a candle in a room that's already full of sunlight. You light a candle in a room that's so murky that the candle, when lit, reveals just how bad things really are. The light shines in the darkness, says St. John, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay, I hope that's not a downer for you. You know, it's like, that's reality, my friends, and it, it's the reality of, you know, every gospel account of the incarnation. It's the reality of every gospel account of Jesus's, of God's coming to be born among us as a man, taking human flesh and taking on uh, the human plight so that he can save us, not from the world, as it were, but so he could save us for the world and bring goodness and, and love and order and peace and justice to every corner of his creation. Right? We, we can bask in, in the reality that the world is a shockingly bad old place because we know that God is doing something about it. Yeah? And this scene that's set in front of us, uh, the manger, albeit, again, a little too pretty for my liking, <laughs> the, scene, the scene in front of us is what God is doing about it. Okay, we have, we have these uh, imaginings that, you know, were I in charge, I would do it a lot differently. Yeah, were I in charge. I mean, of course, right? The, the, the incarnation, the coming, the coming among us as, as a man that I would do as God would be to parachute down from on high and blast everything into order, right? It's like break out the old zapper and get everything in proper order, right? That's the, that's the way that I would go about it. And yet it's not the way that the God, the God of all wisdom, of all goodness and truth, the God of glory goes about it. And I think it's time that we start taking our cues from him. And he's the one who's bringing order back to his creation. He's the one who's bringing life and love to bear in the darkness, not just of the Bethlehem scene, but in the darkness of our own hearts and lives. And so the challenge is, is there for us, right? This is what God is doing about it. And it's ours then to give ourselves over to the God who is enacting his plan, his plan of mercy and grace, his plan of forgiving love, and his, his plan that will bring light to every corner of his darkened world and his beloved world. How do we do that? Well, Jesus exercises a power as, as our king that doesn't share the, the source 
or the method or the ends of, of power as we know it. Right? Power in, in the gospel passages, Caesar Augustus taking, taking uh, account of all, all his peoples and all the different places of the world. He seeks power so as to exercise dominion over them, to put them in their place, to make them less than they otherwise would be, so as to be, so, so that they can be controlled and he can be enriched. Jesus instead exercises the power of God that has its source is the power of heaven, God's own life of love, God's life of self-giving, his radical generosity. That is the power of the rule of King Jesus. Right? The method, what is the method to God's madness? <laughs> because he's not parachuting in. Uh, his method is the enactment of forgiving love. He's come so as to show us mercy and to reconcile us to God, to bring us back online so that we could be the people that God always intended us to be. And his aim is nothing short of the full freedom of the children of God and the restoration of his creation. And he accomplishes that, my friends, by loving us. He accomplishes that by loving us and loving us in the flesh. He goes to the ends of the earth, literally, for us. He loves us in the flesh, and he draws from us because he is the most lovable reality that ever there was. He draws from us love for love. Right? What is it, what is it as we, you know, we get into the exchange of gifts of this season, what is, it that we're, what is it that we're looking to give? And what is it that we're looking to receive? Right? It's, it's not that little thing that, or that big thing that, you know, that I, I always wanted and, oh, great, well, the enjoyment of the... No, it's, it's, to, it's to love and to be loved. It's to know the beloved exchange of hearts and lives that we want so desperately uh, for ourselves, but that God wants more desperately for us, right? He wants us to be caught up in his own exchange of life and love. He wants us to become sons in the Son of God so that we can give ourselves whole and entire to him in thankful praise, right? As we, as we praise him with everything we've got, we're made free to pour ourselves out in his service, namely to do everything in the world that love can do. And so inspired by his love and returning to him, love for love, we're able to pour ourselves out in his service. And we're able to, to bring life and light to every corner of creation. Yes, even the corner of creation that's, that's hidden in my heart. And the corner of creation that God is entrusting to me today to be re-enlivened, reinvigorated, re-enlightened by his own life of love.